Welcome to the Vine Church. We look forward to experiencing community with you. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everyone. You know, I've never been so just happy to have my pants soaking wet in my life, right? It's an incredible moment that we got to celebrate just now. And if, you, if you've never seen a baptism before, uh, really, w- one of the things that's incredible about this is this is basically like that line in the sand moment where people are making a public declaration where they're saying, I, I used to not follow Jesus, but I want to make a public statement that I am a Christ follower, and the old is washed away, and the new life is beginning. And so that's what we did this morning. And so, man, what a blessing. What a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, I want to start our message out this morning by asking a question. How many of you like a good underdog story? Anybody here just like, right? Like, kind of like today, I think, you know, like the Chiefs, right? The underdog, is that... Yeah, okay, or 40, I don't know. So is this hockey that's playing this afternoon? Is that the sport we're all, anyways. No, uh, we're sportsing this afternoon. That's what we're doing. Anyways, it'll be good. Uh, Hey, regardless, right, like we like an underdog story. Like in sports, we like it when the the underdog team, we're like, we kind of root for them a little bit. We're like, man, is there like winning, getting some some goals? And like we get excited. It riles us up a little bit. Uh, how many of you have seen the TV show Ted Lasso, right? Anybody seen that? Like, that, that's another, like, tale, an example of we love an underdog story. This is, like, a super popular show that basically is an underdog story. Like, the team that is the least likely to succeed and the coach that is the least likely to succeed they actually start to win and they start to do really well. And there's something in an underdog story that, that, that we get. And I think the reason that we all kind of connect to an underdog story is because we see a little bit of ourself in an underdog story, right? We can see like bits and pieces of our lives where we remember that time when we were down. We remember that time when we were, we, we, we were kind of set aside, Remember that time when we had to rise up. And so it connects with something deep inside of our hearts. You know, maybe for you, you felt like an underdog at times. Maybe it's, it's your finances. Maybe you've struggled in your finances. And as you've kind of gained some ground there, you felt like I'm, I'm coming out of this place of being an underdog. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe you've wrestled in your marriage or in a, in a friendship. You felt like an underdog. Or maybe it's your health where you're just not getting to where you felt like you should be. And you feel like I'm a little bit of an underdog here. I don't know if we can win this battle. You know, maybe you grew up and you didn't have somebody cheering for you. You were the underdog in the narrative of your life. You didn't have somebody in your corner championing for you and cheering from the sidelines. You see, what I love about the Bible is the Bible is full of stories of the underdog. And the underdog moving from being an underdog to being a champion. It's all throughout the Bible. We've got the story of David and Goliath. It's an underdog story. We've got the story of Gideon, another underdog story. We've got the story of the three guys thrown into the furnace. I think it was bull rack, tool shed, and a billy goat or something like that. (laughs) 
right? Now it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But even Jesus, the narrative story of Jesus's life, it appears that Jesus is the underdog. And we see Jesus, he, he shows up and he's born in a really humble way. And then we see he's born into a family that, that doesn't have a lot. And, and then he comes from a poor village and he's raised in what looks like obscurity. Yet out of obscurity, Jesus rose as the son of God. And he did this showing humanity just how much he loves the underdogs, that he sees us, he gets us, and he chose to give his life for us. You see, the thing that makes an underdog story great is the fact that they didn't stay down. They rose up. David, he kills Goliath. Gideon, he overcomes great armies. These three guys get thrown into a furnace, and, and later they're, they're saved from the furnace. God saves them, and they end up being given leadership positions in the kingdom. And Jesus, we know, rose from the grave. So we see that the, the power in the story of the underdog isn't entirely in the journey or the process or the struggle because if that's where all the power lied, then those stories would be more tragedies, right? Like, think about David's story. Like, well, you know, David was a great guy and all, and he talked this really big talk, but he's dead now. So, you know, you wouldn't have heard about him if his story would have ended as him just the underdog. But the power of the story of the underdog is in the moment when they rise up and they do the thing. They rise up and they do the thing. And the same is true in the story of our lives. The same is true. It's not about just how many times we get knocked down. It's not about those moments. It's actually about the moment when we rise up. It's about the decision made when we're lying in the dirt. When we're struggling or we're wrestling through something, we're just laying there and we're, we're deciding what's going to happen next. That's where the power lies, is in the moment when we decide we're going to get up and we're going to keep going. We're going to rise up from this place and we're going to keep doing what we are supposed to do. If I've learned anything about life is that you will get knocked down. At some point, you, everybody in this room will get knocked down. But what we do in that moment matters. So today, this passage that we're going to talk through, I believe it helps give us some grit in those moments where we have been knocked down, where we have maybe been counted out, where like everybody around us looks at us and says, I don't think they're going to make it. And these moments because they matter so much, I believe this, this passage is going to help us have some grit in those moments to get up and keep going, to rise up from the ashes. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16, and we'll put it up here on the screen as well. If you have a Bible, I'll give you a second to get there.
2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. This is actually a passage the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul he wrote. Uh, the Apostle Paul is a, a guy who wrote several books of the New Testament part of the Bible. And he says this. He says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. That's something worth pondering. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. This morning, one of the things I love about baptism is that's what we were celebrating, is that moment where we, we say, the old is gone, the new has begun. We're stepping into that new identity. In verse 18, it continues, it says, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Ambassadors is just simply means that we are the ones that Christ has entrusted to carry this mission and this hope to the rest of the world. God is making us his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Let me pray, and then we're going to jump into the rest of this. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts right now? Lord, in whatever narrative our life is playing out, Lord, if, if we have been the underdog in our own lives, Lord, we just ask that you would begin to show us the identity of who you have called and created us to be. In your name we pray. Amen. So when I was growing up, my family was fairly poor. We didn't have a lot of money. And did you ever, like, if you grew up that way, like, play the game, like, with your friends where you're like, so just how poor were you? And, like, you start comparing, like, all the stuff. So, like, well, we were so poor that, right, so, so like, here's how poor we were. Like, we were so poor that we were, like, like white bread on, like, like, do you remember, like, craft singles? But do you, like, remember, the, like, the fake ones? that are like not the good craft singles, like that would have been a luxury, man. Like, but like the fake ones. And so we would eat the craft singles and make a sandwich and have cheese sandwiches. White bread and craft, right. So that's how poor we were. We were also so poor, like how many of you like growing up remember the Payless shoe store? Right, like so we, we did this thing where I wasn't like super, super poor to where we never got like new shoes, but I was like once a year kind of new shoes, right? So that's kind of where we lived. And so once a year at, it was like the fiscal year. So it always started at like the school season, right? So we'd start at school season, start up, and we're getting ready to go back to school. And so we'd go school shoe shopping. And I'd go with my dad and my dad would take me. But here was the thing. We never went to Foot Locker. Not one time did we ever go to Foot Locker. We always went to Payless. And we would show up at Payless, and here's the deal. We did not go just through Payless and get whatever shoes we wanted. No, no, no. We're too poor for that. What we did was we went over to the clearance rack. Remember the clearance rack? 
And we would like, so any shoes within 99 cents, you're totally, pick any, any shoes you want, right? Like, and so that's kind of how I grew up, because we just didn't have a lot. And so over the years, like anybody who would have seen kind of where our family was during that season of life, they, they wouldn't have thought like, man, I, I, I think that little kid is going to like do something with his life. They just wouldn't have probably thought that because my life looked from all outward appearances, pretty ordinary. I was just a poor kid growing up feral in the countryside of Washington, right? That's how we grew up. And so as I'm growing up in this, by the time I was a teenager, life had gotten a little better, but we, we still didn't have a lot of money. And I was just, I was like, I don't know. I'll use the Christian word. I was a knucklehead, right? I just was. And so I think most people, that knew me back then, that see what I'm doing today, are like, wait, wait, you're a pastor? And they have this like pause moment in their lives where they're like, who let you do that? Can I talk to them? <laughs> For, right? Why? I'm telling you all of this because there is nothing extraordinary about my life except that which God has done in my life. Anything extraordinary I get to experience today is the work of the Holy Spirit in my life over the years. And here's the deal. Whether you feel like an underdog right now, whether you feel like the narrative of your life isn't playing out the way that you want, God wants to do the exact same thing in you. That your life will carry incredible meaning and impact to the world around you. That where you're at today does not have to be where you are at tomorrow. And over time, as God becomes the center of your life, he can change your life. And that is my story. And so today, I, I want to I talk about two things that we notice in this passage that I think can be helpful to us as we rise from feeling like underdogs to stepping into the identity that is given to us as Christ followers. And so the first thing is this, never underestimate an underdog, right? We've seen it all, all the time. Never underestimate the underdog. This passage says we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. If you are a Christ follower here today, that's you. You are a new creation. Your life has begun anew. That's you. So if you're here and you struggle with something in your life, just know you don't have to stay in that struggle. Some of you here struggle with shame. But this passage, it helps us see that you don't have to walk in shame any longer. Some of you here struggle with guilt. This passage says, if you're a Christ follower, you don't have to walk in guilt any longer. But I want to be clear 
There's a big difference between shame and guilt and this thing called conviction. You see, I've heard this said a number of different ways. This is one of the ways I've heard this said and explained is shame says, oh, I really messed up. Oh, my dad's going to be really mad at me. I better hide this from my dad. But conviction says, man, I've really messed up today. I need to call my dad. He'll know what to do. He'll know what to do. You see, conviction is a good thing. It works in us. It's a work of the Holy Spirit within us that, that says, hey, well, hold up. That might be a bad idea. Or, man, we really missed that one. Now, get up and walk out of the pit that you just fell into. That's what conviction does. But shame, shame tells us that we are outside of God's forgiveness. And that's not the voice of God. Because you are never so far that God can't reach you. Never. And it's important that we understand the difference because when we understand the difference, it helps us to walk in this new Christ-centered identity of who we are as a new creation. And it helps us see the incredible value that God has placed in us, in our lives. So when we fall down, when we stumble, when we trip, when we fail, we can get back up. We can rise up again, no matter how many times we fall. And we can lean into the grace of God and say, God, help us. And we can keep going. And you see, the cool thing about this is when we do that, we eventually get somewhere. We eventually get somewhere. But, but what often happens is sometimes we trip and we stumble and we fall and we stay there. And we feel bad. Oh, I can't believe I did this thing again. Well, I'm not, might as well not, not even try. But this passage, it gives us that grit. To say, nah, nah, I'm not done yet. Don't count me out yet. I'm still in the fight. I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep going. Because when God looks at us, he doesn't see an underdog. He sees us from a spiritual point of view and he sees us as champions. He sees us as people who can walk in freedom the second thing that I want to pull and kind of look at out of this passage is this. Remember Jesus gave his life for the people that you disagree with. Should I say it again? Yeah, I'll say it again. Remember that Jesus gave his life for the people that we disagree with. I think that's important because we have been forgiven of much, Therefore, we should forgive others. Oh, what, what incredible value God places on humans. It's incredible. I, when I think about this, it, it just blows my mind every time. that The incredible value God places on knuckleheads like me. It's amazing. 
It says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new creation. Anyone, everyone who belongs to Christ has become a new creation. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. You see, I think sometimes we hold things against other people that God's not holding against other people. And the invitation of the Lord to us is that we lay those things down and we let God work through us in other people's lives. And we trust him for the outcome. It says he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Then in verse 20, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. This means that part of God's incredible plan is that he included and invited you and I to understand our value so much, what God has deposited in each and every one of us so much that we say, wow, if God values me that much, he certainly must value others that much. This person that I'm in disagreement with, this person at work that I have a little bit of friction with, this person that I want to, I just want to, I don't know, with. When we can see the value that God's placed in us, we can begin to see the value that God's placed in them. And this changes some things. We begin to turn to our friends and our neighbors and anyone we can, and we begin to bring them the same hope and beautiful gift that God has brought to us. And I've heard this said about a thousand times, but I love it. It's like we should preach all the time in every place we go often and sometimes use words. And it paints this beautiful picture of it's our lives that actually tell the story of what God is doing in our hearts. That it's our actions, they overflow into the communities around us, that, that our neighbors know we are Christ followers because God's changing our very lives. I remember when I first gave my life to Jesus, like my friends were like, what's wrong with you? There's, you're different. I was like, yeah, like something's happening. And that's what God does is he comes into our life. And when we surrender our life and we give him our life and we give him access, he begins to help us overcome things in our life. And as we do that, we start to see the value of what he's done in us. And then it changes us. And as it changes us, people start to notice and they're like, wait, wait a minute. What? What's going on in your life? Like, yeah, isn't it great? You should come to church with us. It's a bunch of weird people. We all like sing songs to the front. It's weird, but it's okay. And then we dunk people in water. It's strange, but it's good. You should come. Because Jesus has changed my life. That's my story. That's my life. Christ in me 
has done more for me and with me than I ever could have done on my own. And sometimes we use words. Because God has invited us into a relationship with him. That he has, he has spoken into the value that he has placed within us. And as his ambassadors, it is our role, our calling, what he has invited us to do, to help others rise up. To help others get up out of the dirt and the muck and rise up. And we can only do this when we begin to see the value of what Christ has done within us. And so I'm going to invite our worship team to come up. And as they do, I want to kind of just talk to a few specific things. In order for us to effectively rise up in our lives... In order for us to invite others into that space, we ourselves need to learn how to walk in freedom. You know, moving from the underdog to the overcomer. Because the reality is it's hard to help somebody who's drowning if we're barely treading water ourselves. And so some of you here, you may be wrestling with some big things in your life. You've got some struggles that you, you've got going on and you're not sure how to overcome them or, or, or you just don't know what to do in that space. Some of you maybe get up in the mornings and, and you just don't even want to get out of bed because of what you're about to face ahead of you. So I believe there's an invitation from the Lord this morning. I believe it's for everybody here that would respond that there's an invitation to walking in greater freedom. That God is inviting us this morning to take a step away from being the underdog and into freedom in whatever way that looks for us to rise up. I believe we rise up when we recognize that we can't do this alone. But we can only do this when we invite God Almighty, not just to come and have a seat at our table, to, but to be our everything. To be our Lord and our Savior and to give him control of our life. And we say, God, our life, I want to give our life and place it in your hands to do what you want to do. Maybe today is the day that you finally give your life to Jesus. And you surrender your life to him and you say, Jesus, I want you to have my life. I will follow you with my life. You know, some of you, you're here and you have a hard time looking your spouse in the eyes because of some of the things that you wrestled with a week ago. Maybe last night. Some of you can't look your friends in the eyes because of the way you treated them last week. 
some of you here are gripped with depression or anxiety, today's a day to rise up. Some of you here are battling addiction right now. You've got very real things that you're wrestling with. And today's the day. Today's the invitation to walk in freedom and rise up out of that place where that thing has such a grip on your life. Whatever you're going through right now, I don't care how hard or how challenging it is, this is the moment I believe the Lord is inviting you to rise up, to take a step towards freedom, and to say yes to Jesus. So here's what I want to do. We're going to kind of change the way, if you've been here before, how we do the ending of our service. But I want to invite you. We're going to go into one last song. And I want to invite you, if, if there's an area in your life that you are not experiencing the freedom that you want to experience, during this next song, I'm going to invite you to come down front. And then our ministry team, they're going to come down too. And they're going to pray for you. But I, but I also want to do this. I, I believe that, that there are, that God speaks to us and during our pre-service prayer time, uh, we ask God, God, would you give us something for the people that come here today? And so there are various things that, that uh, we believe that God wants to heal this morning. And so we're actually going to put a list of them up here on the screen. Here's just a few of the things that, that we felt like are like specific things that God may want to do this morning. There's like somebody like with hip pain. If you've got like something significant going on in your right hip, we want to pray for you. Something going on in, in your heart, like, like a medical thing and, and you need prayer maybe congestive heart failure or something like that, that, that we want to pray for that. If you're wrestling with anxiety or depression, if there's been some kind of brokenness in your life that you're like, I don't know what to do with this. This is your moment. And so during our song, I'm going to just ask you to make your way down front. And you're going to hang out down front and they're going to pray for you. And then concluding our service... We're going to just take time at the end of our service, after our service is over, to just, just pray. And it's going to be an encouraging time. And so if that's you, would you guys all just stand up with me right now? If you want freedom that you're not experiencing, I want you to come down front right now. If there's something in your life, doesn't matter what it is, and you're saying that thing's had a grip on me and I want freedom from it, I want you to come down front right now. We're not going to do anything crazy. We're just going to pray for you. And we're going to ask God to bring incredible freedom in that space in your life. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Father, would you begin to bring freedom to people right now? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us in all the nooks and crannies of our life 
and begin to show us the areas that, that you're inviting us. And you're saying, you want to be free from that? Today's your day. And then Holy Spirit, would you come and would you bring freedom? Well, that is it for today's message. We thank you for joining us. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. We'll see you next time.